Thank you for the help that you've sent to us. Father, we appreciate you. Father, we thank you for your word which you have given. As you've said that by two immutable things it is impossible for you to lie. Which show us, gives us the surety of your word. That you are determined to bring us into our inheritance in you as you've sworn and you will not repent as you've sworn that you will not rest you will not rest until you bring us into you as you said you for jerusalem's sake you will not hold your peace for israel's sake you will not relent for jerusalem's sake you will not hold your peace Father, we say thank you for this unrelenting love. Thank you for the commitment that you've given to show us your ways. Thank you for the determination in your heart to bless us with your light. Thank you for your undying love and your sacrifice to ensure that we come into blessings in you. Father, we do not take this for granted. We say thank you. We thank you for the grace to hear your word because we know that it is not easy to come by your word for your word is scarce. Your word is higher, higher than man. Your word is higher than what man can percept. It's beyond our perception. Father, thank you for bringing your word to us. Thank you for allowing us to see with our soul your word. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the opening of sight. Amen. Thank you for healing our sight. Amen. Thank you, Father, for helping us to see uh, our end in you. Thank you for giving us our hope. Thank you, Father, for making our hope real. Thank you, Jesus, for that which you've committed yourself to. For without you committing to die, even to bring the word of God to us, we will not come near these things. Father, we say thank you. Thank you. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for the sacrifice which you are even doing till now. We thank you for all that you will bring us into. Father, we ask, Lord, this morning that as we follow faithfully, as we desire sincerely in our hearts, to see you that you will appear to us in the name of Jesus. Father, you said to them that look for you, will you appear the second time without sin? We ask, Father, that as our heart is panting after you, that you will appear, you will bring appearance of your Son even into our heart in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that you will heal every, every, every blindness, every blindness in our heart. We ask for healing. Father, Lord, we ask for the opening of our sight. Cause our sight to see. Help us to see your word. 
Help us to see. Help us to see farther than we are seen in the spirit. Father, help our sight. Give us sight to see. We need to see far into the spirit. We need to see where you are. For where you are is distant. You are far. You are far from men. Father, we want to journey to where you are. As the song says, take us to the place where you are. Dwelling daily in your presence. We ask, Father, that you will bring the grace to come to where you are. You will give to us in the name of Jesus. Father, make way for us in the spirit. Let there be doors. Father, the doors of the pathway to your presence, which you have opened in this spirit, in the spirit in this season and time, Father, we ask that you will give grace for us to begin to enter those doors, even to find our way to your presence in the name of Jesus. Guide our heart. Help us to journey in the spirit. Father, every weaknesses in our heart that is limiting our journey, we ask that your mercy will begin to wash them away. In the name of Jesus, you will give us grace to lay aside every weight, every weight which does easily be set. You would remove them far from us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you because you are going to heal all our iniquities and you are healing our diseases. Thank you for satisfying our mouth with good things. Even good things which is coming from you today. Father, I will say thank you. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' mighty name. We have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Say hi to your neighbor. Just. I'm your. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of us are happy to be here this morning? Amen. Just give me a minute. Make sure this thing is still working. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I welcome each and everyone here this morning. Amen. How many of us have been blessed so far? Mm. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, we thank God for His mercy. We thank Him for His faithfulness towards us. We thank Him for help so far. Um, um, okay, I'll leave that for now. Amen. Amen. Uh, I hope we've been following the, the meetings. And uh, hopefully God has been helping us. Amen. Amen. Mm, we are smiling. Mm, no exam. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Mm, there's, no, there's no exam today. Amen. <laughs> no test. Amen. How many of us have any questions so far? Hmm? From what we've been teaching. Amen. So no question. 
I don't know why people don't ask questions. So everything is understood, I guess. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is shaky, nothing, nothing is weird. Okay. All right. I'll trust you all. Since you people say nothing is weird. Okay. Amen. You know, sometimes some things might need some clarifications you know, from time to time. Um, it's, not, it's not everything that we can teach in every message at once. Uh, when you look at the Word, the Word of God is, is, how do I put it, the Word of God is, is vast. And we're coming to the understanding and knowledge little by little, gradually. A little here, a little there, line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Amen. And as we are faithful, God will begin to, to help us so that we can be putting those things together, line upon line. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, sometimes maybe, and I might, I might have even mentioned something, maybe in a message, but mm, what's that? And there's nothing wrong in asking questions. Amen. Uh, you know, sometimes as I'm teaching, I might... I might see one door, but I might, I might try to avoid it because I know if I, if I go that route, um, I, don't, I wouldn't want us to be confused. Amen. So uh, if there's anything whatsoever that you feel, ah, I think this is not clear, no, just let me know. Not, uh, maybe not even necessarily during meetings, even after meetings sometimes, be free. Ah, what about this? This is, you know. Our conversation, too, should be based on scripture. How about this? You mentioned this, and I've been meditating on this. And I feel this, this, this. Why? Okay, this and that. You know, it means that we are, we are exercising. It means we are actually applying our heart to wisdom. You know, begin to give, uh, as, as wisdom is beginning to bring forth riches from scriptures. You know, it takes time. It takes time. Uh, some might be quick, some might take time, some understanding, um, even though it makes sense, you heard it, but to under, it may not really, really dawn until after a while, and it takes being faithful, you know, and that's why it's not good to just leave um, those thoughts, those scriptures, messages you've been listening to, um, maybe you, although you, it made sense after you've heard it, but okay, just leave it after a while. You know, from time to time, you can, as Holy Ghost leads you, you can just meditate on them. So there is that diligence in that too that will begin to put things together. Yeah? My joy is that each and every one of us is growing. Mm? All of us, that, that would be my joy. Mm? It's not about sitting down and just teaching. And it's not about that at all. Yeah? There's no point in sitting down and teaching if, if all of us, we are not growing, if... There's, there's a problem, hmm? then it will be a, how will I say, it will be a, I'll say a bad work. I just use the word there. Amen. Each and every one of us uh, ought to grow. And if there is, if there's anything at all that is not, that is not clear, please feel free to ask. Hmm? I may be drinking tea. You say, hey, well, you can, you are okay to interrupt my tea. As I'm drinking tea, you're okay to interrupt the tea. Amen. Eh? <laughs> you're okay to interrupt my sleep. Mm? You're okay. You're, you're free to interrupt my, my, my sleep. Mm? I'll, I'll be glad to wake up 
and talk about it. Yeah. So it's you are feel free to interrupt, feel free to uh, express. Hmm? Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, am I okay to continue from where we stopped the last time, or hmm? am I okay to continue? Everything is clear. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's open to the book of Second Timothy, chapter two, verse fifteen. How many of us like, like that scripture? Have we been meditating on it? You know, sometimes, some things, some things as you are meditating on the word and you are studying. May take time as you are. See this. Sometimes one of the reasons why God make us stay on some scriptures most of the time, you notice that that scripture itself we might now bring forth entrance into other scriptures. But you notice that there is just a weight on a particular one. Is that sometimes God will just want us to uh, meditate to really get into that word. You notice that. Mo- the if if you 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 it's also a way of learning how to study eh? and meditate. So before a while, notice that now by you just know the scripture by heart after a while. Why? Because we've been moving into it and just you know finding direction on how God is helping us, Amen, and teaching us wisdom, Amen. So he said. Uh, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen? And last time I, I began to talk about uh, rightly dividing the word of truth more, and then I moved into talking about wisdom. Amen? I know, I know we've been talking about wisdom uh, over time now, and I mentioned that wisdom is the gatherer, right? Wisdom is what begins to gather things for you in the spirit, uh, which is why it's important to uh, be familiar with the spirit of wisdom. Amen. It's good to be what? Familiar with the spirit of wisdom. Um, what What I've been talking about really is to explain the person of wisdom. Um, what have, that's what we've been doing. We've been explaining the, the person of wisdom and how wisdom begins to open doors for us in the spirit. Amen. Um, when it comes to the things of God, particularly um, the things of Christ, you can't begin to lead Christ except you have a measure or except wisdom opens the door for you. Amen. Um, And I'm careful using the word Christ because I've not really, 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 there's, there's something about that that I need to explain, right? And to explain that, uh, it's another teaching, so I'm careful, so I don't uh, get into that for now, but if God wills, we might get into it. Amen. Um, it's 
when it comes to getting into God's things, to begin to really, 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 really avest and learn God, eh? the first thing we'll come across is entrance into Christ, which comes by the spirit of wisdom. Amen. Like I said, wisdom is the principal thing. Now, spiritual wisdom is not the same as natural wisdom, right? Spiritual wisdom is not, not when you talk about wisdom, right, you'll be talking about a man that is wise, right? Uh, so, for example, a man that can use intelligence uh, or maybe a bunch of due to abundant experience, they've learned so many things along the way and then they cannot begin to use that thing for to make decisions in life, right? We think of it like that. But wisdom in the spirit is different. Although, the, what I explained, you can see a part of it in, in wisdom when you begin to move into spiritual wisdom, right? But um, that's, that's just as a result of the fact that we've been here and we've learned some some ways right but spiritual wisdom uh, what well, is a is a different thing eh? it's a different thing entirely spiritual wisdom most importantly opens you up right it opens you up in the realm of the spirit wisdom is the door opener amen that begins to open doors for you in the spirit. Now, when you first got born again, you, you haven't really started dealing with the spirit of wisdom at that time. And yet, remember, you notice that you have the, pres the person of the Holy Spirit around you, the person of the Holy Ghost, who begins to teach you things. You are learning how, okay, now I'm a Christian. I can't be doing this thing. I can't be doing that. Or you are learning, you know, the, your conscience is coming alive or let's say your conscience is beginning to receive instruction from the spirit why because initially when we are dead eh, when we have no bearing around god's things at all our conscience is snared some that time it's easy and it doesn't mean that even when you are you know when you are not even born again you still have conscience right and sometimes you feel like, ah, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do that. Right? You have a sense of morale. Eh? Okay, this is not right. Where do you think that comes from? That is coming from. Right? Now, that didn't just because people just decided, oh, yes, we want to be good. Now, where that really came from is Adam. Now, we are all offsprings of Adam. Right? Now, when Adam was in the garden, Adam had, be, uh, had started learning God, right? So that means there's a measure of God's knowledge inside him, right? So when he sinned and his spirit was cut short, all that Adam has learned is still intact inside him. Just that he had no means to receive more. Because his spirit is now what? Dead. Now, how men of old now began to live is that they began to live from that knowledge that Adam had of God. That thing did not, it wasn't erased. 
So when you talk about Methuselah, when you talk about Enoch, you'll be wondering, Enoch walked with God and he was not. All those men and, um, you know what, let's open Genesis chapter 1. Actually, chapter, <coughs> sorry, chapter 3. Let's open. So three is where the deal was done. So chapter four, they gave birth to set again. But let's let's read this actually. I just read part of it a bit. And chapter four, verse one said, "And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel." And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Right? And Abel also brought, okay, so um, he brought a sacrifice, and then, you know, God accepted Cain, but Abel, God accepted Abel, sorry, God accepted Abel's, but didn't accept Cain's. And then Cain slew his brother. Right. Uh, I'm just saying that I can quickly uh, go to verse uh, verse 14. It said, "Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that every one." That findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord said, A mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. On the sixteenth, and Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. And he builded a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. So, uh, Cain gave birth and married, right, after he slew um, Abel. Now, what happened here is that Cain had the seed of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, which he began to use for life, right? That was how he began to ex uh, express all these things. You know, God accepted uh, Cain's sacrifice, sorry, Abel's sacrifice, but not ease, then je jealousy came. Now, you notice that jealousy is not a fruit that Adam had initially. That one is as a result of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. So Cain had, sorry, Cain had the, he had the, the fruit. So there's a tendency in him to go in a different direction. Yeah? Now, what, and I've been talking about wisdom, but uh, this one now, okay, anyways, but what Cain really, really began to use here is a wisdom. Mm -hmm. 
right? Now, you now notice when I say wisdom is the entrance into God's things, right? We see, that, we see it in scripture where if you need to enter something, you can't enter it without wisdom. So the moment, the moment Adam ate the fruit, a different wisdom, totally, a wisdom that is gotten from the knowledge of good and evil now began to instruct him. Because wisdom is what instructs. As we've read the last time in Proverbs 8, it said, my mouth shall speak truth. Hmm? So receive instruction and not gold, right? So what wisdom give is instruction. And instruction is the way, is instruction that you begin to use becomes the way of life, right? Now, those instructions are wisdom instructions. So when Adam ate the fruit, then something began to talk to him. A different wisdom entirely. Now, how you learned that is, he was not naked, right? So the moment his eyes were opened, that eyes being opened, what that really means is he began to interact with wisdom. So when I say wisdom is the one that opens the door in the spirit, it means wisdom is what enlightens. Wisdom is the what? The enlightener. So wisdom enlightens you. So enlightenment is not just something that happens. Enlightenment is a, is a wisdom operation. So each time you are enlightened about something, it's a wisdom that is coming to you. Now, it's not a matter of judging which wisdom is, what kind of wisdom is this. And, and this is where also we should be careful in the sense that, in a way, because we have been too accustomed to this natural world, it is easy to learn natural wisdom. I think I've mentioned it before, and begin to come into spiritual things and then begin to apply natural wisdom to spiritual things and what you will do when you begin to do that, you will corrupt the spiritual wisdom. Amen. That is intended, intended for light in the spirit. Amen. So anyways, so Adam received that light and then he seen, the moment his eyes opened, then he saw that he was naked. Now what did he do? A wisdom, wisdom began to speak to him. And then he said, you are naked, go and sow fig leaves. And wrap it around your body. And then the moment God came, you know, I said, ah, sorry, I hid myself because I was naked. The first thing God asked him is, who told you you are naked? God said that because he's, bringing out a, he's bringing, making us see something there. Yeah. Who told you? Means something, he, he began to interact with something. So most of the time, and men don't know it, but we interact with spirit. Hmm? Everything we are doing, we are interacting with spirit, day in, day out. And everybody is saying, oh, this one is coming. Nobody on earth today is devoid of a spiritual interference. There is a spiritual movement that is instructing men everywhere. Everybody is instructed. Amen. 
and that's how men live. Without, you can't live without instruction. You notice that when instruction stops, everything will begin to stop. The moment, the moment instruction stops, everything else will begin to stop. Why? Because it is instruction that, be, that determines men's movement. And that's a wisdom. It's wisdom that does that. Hmm? Imagine you don't have an instruction to do anything. Nothing is coming to you. No inspiration. Nothing. You don't need to... You didn't think... You didn't think there's a problem with communicating. Eh? You stop now. There's no need to communicate. You won't, you won't see a need to do anything. So you know this is what really, really make men do things is wisdom. The instruction they are receiving from wisdom, the thing, the thing they are using for life. Amen. So Adam received that. Adam, knowing he had sinned, he didn't really use sin for life because he knows what he had done. Say, ah, okay, I, did, I didn't do well because he knows he sinned. But at that time, there is nothing he can do to stop it at that time. Why? Because Adam didn't have the means to stop sin. What he can do is not use it. Adam can, Adam can keep himself because he had enough wisdom yeah, from how he came from the garden not to use that life. So where he was now living from is the wisdom he actually initially gained before the knowledge of good and evil. That's why he knew how to set up an altar, begin to sacrifice to God. He also taught his children, okay, sacrifice to God, because he's trying to teach, teach his children in the way of the Lord, right? But what Adam didn't have control over is to determine how his seed will respond to the life that is inside them. He can try, but he can't, he can't, he can't force, imagine forcing Cain. No, you cannot, cannot be doing this, you cannot kill your brother. Adam is far from, that, from there because it is now Cain and Abel's responsibility. But he already paved the way. So in that regard, he's pretty much helpless. Yeah? So the, you know, see the need. So even Adam himself can't, couldn't stop sin. So by one man, sin entered the world. So now notice there's a need for Jesus to come. See, when Jesus came, what he needed to do, what he did, eh, is to make sure there's a means to stop sin in everybody. Hmm? Adam could stop sin from himself. Abel was able to resist. Cain wasn't. He gave in to the life. He began to use that wisdom for life. So Adam had wis enough wisdom Eh? Enough wisdom to deal with the seed he had in him. Okay, I can't use this thing for life. Right? So he could, he could resist. Then he was not using that life to live. Amen. Then when I began to see men, when, when Cain now sinned and died, then I noticed that there is no other seed that could carry on the seed that is inside Adam that is not of the knowledge of good and evil. Then I notice later, 
uh, in chapter 25 of sorry in chapter so in chapter 4 verse 25 you notice that Adam knew his wife again she bare a son and called his name Seth for God said she had appointed me another seed for God said she had appointed me another seed instead of Abel whom Cain slew Notice they said another seed, which means it was actually what was inside Cain that was now, sorry, what was inside Abel that was replicated in Seth. If you now began to check the genealogy, you notice that it is this, Seth's generation that now caused men to turn to God again, which means you, now, you, now, you can see the distinct life, the knowledge of good and evil, trying to find the expression and the life inside Adam, right, which is of God. So there was two things inside him that was now flowing. Amen. Now notice that the way, if anybody now inherit that seed, that means they also inherited the wisdom and the life according to that seed. They all inherited it by nature, naturally, right? You now notice that they now began to live. There, what did they say after that? And and to said verse twenty six, and to said to him also there was born a son. And he called his name Enos, and he began, and then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. What that means is that say they began to call upon the name of the Lord means that men are, did not have a sense of response to God in a way that they began to use the light. Because you can't call upon the name of God if you have if you are really, really using the seed of knowledge of good and evil. Amen. So you can now see that, which means if anyone must live out of this, they needed to live out of the life that Adam inherited. Amen. And then you now now see in chapter 5, I'll just read a little bit, but you can read up to the end, but you'll see the same thing. It said, this is the book of the generation of Adam in the day God created man. So this, the, day, the, the, the book of the generation of Adam. Which means this is how Adam generated. And you notice that what is that means that what is inside Adam is replicated. Which means they began to use the life inside Adam. And then you know, there's a reference to that too. It said that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. So, let me read again. This is the book of the generation of Adam in the day that God created man. In the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. You see, notice what they said. He begat a son in his own likeness after his image. See, in his own likeness, after his image, means a replica. Hmm? It was replicated. And if we want to look deeper into this, it just means that there's a flow of life from Adam into Seth directly. Eh? There's a flow. Then you now notice they said, Adam lived. That living is, he lived by the life inside his soul. Right? That living is not, it was existing 
for five or let, the way we would say I li oh, that man lived 70 years right it means he has been on earth he has lived he had done things he lived that means he was alive for 70 years that's not what they are saying here really what they are saying is because how men live eh? if you want to say living living is not just that I woke up today I'm alive thank you Jesus no Living means you are actually using the, the strength inside your soul for life. Because everything you do will be as a result of that, will be a flow from that. So you wake up, you decide, okay, I'm going to work today. Okay, okay, I need to do this. What you are using, really using for life is the life inside your soul. Everything is the life inside the life. Whatever is in there is what you use. And that is actually how men live. So that is the expression of the living soul. And God made men, and brethren, and God made him a living soul. So when you say a man is living, it doesn't mean you are awake and your eyes open for 70 years. No. It means that there's an expression. You have an what? An expression. Every expression you give is a life you've lived. Right? So which means, and we are full of expressions. How? I wake up. I, I, I want to, an idea, I want to be, ah, I want to learn how to do this. You learnt it, you master it, you've expressed something. So that's an expression. So which means the whole world, the whole, every word is, uh, everything you see are expressions. So what you call living is something being expressed, which is called life. Eh? You are expressing wisdom inside you, which you are using for live. That's what people. What that's what people really call life. That is what it means to live. Now, what Satan had done to make life hard, not life, to make men ignorant, is not make them see this. See, as simple as this is, men don't know that. What men think life is really is: wake up, live a good life, care for men. Uh, be a trailblazer. I know there are, there are things people consider, oh, he lived a good life. And when they are saying he lived a good life, oh, I will thank God for our father, uh, Pa, John J. Eh? Of the something, something local government. I will thank God for, for his life. He lived a well purposeful life. He was able to raise funds for the homeless people of uh, the land of the Zeblan. And everybody benefited from that. He's quite a generous man. He was, he was so generous that you know, everybody benefited from him. We hope that uh, you know, his legacy will continue. Men, even continue legacies on that. Hmm? So that's, how, that's how you know that you know, the, the value of men is how they value life. Right? Now see that how they have, what people women value is all those things. You hardly, hardly will you ever see where they said, "Oh, he lived a well purposeful life. He he learned how to be humble when he was two, and then he grew up to be merciful. And as he continued, he we noticed that he grew up to a point where he was shining like the star." You will never hear such comment. The only place eh, where you will ever hear something close to that is in the church. 
that's the only place. Eh? If you leave church and you go outside, the no, just the normal world, just begin, you, you will never hear men talk about that. To some degree, they will say, oh, he's a good man. He had good morals. He provided, he, he cares for people around him. You will see them talk about that, but you will never see them talk spiritually. Never. Because their sight is not placed there. As long as you're outside, you can't, you can't see that. Amen. So we see clearly that the, the, the way men see things of value, value life is, has actually been degraded as we should. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the, the real value of life is the thing inside that you are expressing. And that thing is gotten from somewhere. Eh? If you didn't get it from God, you must have inherited something. Finish. Amen. Let me continue reading. It said, male and female created and then said, And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were eight hundred years. And he begat sons and daughters, said, and all the days that Adam lived. And that's what I'm just bringing up there. Adam lived. That is how, how he expressed his life. So all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. And said lived an hundred and five years and begat Enos. And said lived after he begat Enos. 807 years and begat sons and daughters and all the days of Seth were 912 years and he died and Enos lived you now notice if you continue reading you now notice all of them kept living all of them kept living and what they were all doing as they were living for them to continue living they must have continued Adam's life right the moment the moment they Stop that life and live that life. They've erased that. Eh? They've now lived, they will start living a different life. The life that the seed of the knowledge of evil keeps giving. Amen. So now notice that all this living was now kept inside man. Then over years, eh? like I'm said, even though, even though they were living, that doesn't mean they didn't have a contradiction. Eh? There's still a tendency. To give in to the knowledge of good and evil. Right? You now notice that Satan exploited that tendency over years. Eh? And has brought man to where we are today. So, the little, the little uh, conscience men have. Eh? When I said, you know, an unbeliever, you notice that there's a little bit of conscience. What that is all coming from is this. Adam lived. That life he had began to flow to generations, over generations. It, although Satan is now dealing with men, because Satan is a master. Satan, you know, this, they, they all live. They were living all thousand, thousand. But by the time you get to chapter six, Satan has devised a means to cut that life short. Right? So, and it came to pass, chapter six, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives, all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit 
shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. See, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. See, eh? Satan devised a means to cut the living of that life short. Eh? Over this, after this, the men began to die. Hmm? God said, ah, my spirit shall no longer strive. Hmm? Satan has been looking for a way. See, that life that I living, he must cut it short. But the thing is, that life didn't all, didn't all vanish. The life inside Adam, not, not all of that vanished. That's where the sense of conscience, of what is good, that's where it's coming from. All those, ah, he's a good man. You know, you see some unbelievers... Yeah, you think, ah, why unbelievers? Even they are not believers. Some of them can be. You think it's their own? No. So if you now begin to judge men by that, imagine, you know, there are the arguments and things around that. that oh, if an unbeliever is good, I don't think there's a need to be a Christian. Yeah. It's a problem. Why? Because you still don't have the means to deal with the sea, the tendency eh, inside that is calling for good and evil. Hmm? That's why Christ, like I said, that's why Christ had to come to devise a means to have answer to that problem. Imagine Christ didn't come, there won't be an answer to that problem. You have good men, but none of them will be worthy of God's life. Because they can't see beyond what they have. Because there's nothing to deal with the same problem inside. Amen. So we now notice that we need a means. So that conscience, all those, all those conscience, uh, I shouldn't do this before we all get born again. All, where that all came from is the life that was inside Adam a long time ago. Eh? That thing, like, like you said, like you inherit some trait and nature from, from your parent. Like I inherited some from mine. It passed down. Say, by woman, death passed upon all men. The same way death passed, right? The life inside him is doing just vanquish. It began to, it just, what, what, what was do, happening to it was, it was getting, deter, it was deteriorating over time. So, don't be surprised when you see an unbeliever absolutely answering to conscience. Ah, I don't think this is good. I say, and then, they, they won't do it. Right? You can't, you, can't, you can't exchange that for salvation. You know, it's not. not that, what we call good is not good. And it's just all that is calling that is good as a good man. God said, none is good but God. He said, why are you coming down? Why calls I me mean, good master? None is good but God. Why is it none is good but God? Eh? That is why the scripture can say, for the Lord is good. And his mercy endured forever. Even the meaning of what it means to be good, we don't know. Yes, hmm? For you to know what good is, you must have received God's life. Because good can only flow from God's life. Right? So, men can be good to each other in men's language. They can be good or nice to each other. But that doesn't mean they have goodness inside them. Huh? Say someone is good without being a Christian or something. So, what I do, um, 
like once in a yardstick. Because if you say, I can say I'll give you a slap, that's good. I'll give you two. It's actually good. So there has to be a yardstick. Yes. I for you to use a yardstick, it has to be out of the concept. Mm-hmm. So if you want to say the anything uh, good, you want to define something anything good, there has to be somebody. You can't be, you can't be playing the game and be the umpire. Oh, so, <laughs> yes. That's what I and, and it's true. Uh, you can't... What we learnt as good, eh? what we learnt as good, is the wisdom that this word has taught. Eh? Coupled with the little conscience that Adam, that we inherited from Adam, that is what we are thinking, that's what we are defining as good. But there is no, there's no definition of good outside God's life. Amen. Outside God's life, there is no definition of good. No definition. Which is why it's one of the most important things why we must strive to get that as much as possible. Hmm? Because Christ, I when I say as much as possible, I didn't just say it. It's because when Christ said, I didn't come eh, alone. The reason why I'm here is that you might have said, uh, the devil uh, came to steal, to kill, and to destroy, right? But I have come that you might have life and have it what? More abundantly. So you can, that means you can come into measures of life in God. Amen. So each time that a man answers to conscience is just from that tra- train of inheritance from, that we inherited from that. So that one has nothing to do with salvation. Hmm? I think that one will answer many questions that people will ask about all oh, the unbelievers being good. Ah, what, 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 no, now some unbelievers are better than Christians. Okay. Now, I can tell you, eh, a Christian may not be perfect, hmm? may have flaws, but he's better than an unbeliever. He's better than an unbeliever that is good according to man's standard. Hmm? An unbeliever that gives arms, cares, he doesn't even envy, he doesn't even strive. Eh? He doesn't, maybe he has some, based on some life lessons, just say, okay, I can't do this, okay, all that. An unbeliever is better, is not better than a newborn babe. There's no way, there's no way you can compare the two. And do you know why? See, that unbeliever doesn't have a regenerated spirit. He's dead. Hmm? A new believer, a born again Christian, has a regenerated spirit. Hmm? They are what? Born again. Their spirit is no longer dead. And that little change, it's, not, it's a great, oh, I just call it little. That difference accounts for a lot in the spirit when it comes to judging men. Why? See, that, that believer has inherited a life and also a, tenden- a tendency for more of that life. A non-believer does not have that. So when people are asking questions, are talking about, ah, some unbelievers, why unbelievers, or why, you know, it's a very simple thing. It's straightforward. That's it. That's the answer there. Hmm? 
a regenerated. If a man be born again, he is a new, is a new creature. That is a huge difference. If you are not born again, you are not a new creature. You are old. You are still old. You are very very old. Although when you are, a, you are when you are born again, you are a new creature. You see, you are brand new in your spirit. But your inward man is old. It still has the old nature. That's why they call him the old man. Yeah? So when scripture is saying things like that, that's where they are coming from. Hmm? Why? The soul doesn't go at the speed that the spirit journeys. How I many of us know the soul is fast? But it's slower than the spirit. The soul is what? Fast. Is it? Eh? Is it not? The soul is fast. And I explained that earlier that the way you notice that when the soul is fast, the way the soul processes things. Fast. Judgment. Fast. Things. Eh? However, actually, the more, the farther you are, from the spirit, the slower you are. That is why the natural is very slow compared to the spirit. Hmm? That is why a day is like a thousand years to the Lord. So when you are hearing a day is like a thousand years, are we drawing the connection there? So when a day is like a thousand years, it means that the natural day is very slow compared to the spiritual time. So, when you talk about spirit, 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 spirit is fast. Now, the soul is actually a spiritual property. It's not a natural property. It's a spiritual what? Property. So, when your spirit is renewed, fast, it has received all the righteousness it needed to. The soul is a spiritual property, should be fast. It's actually fast, but it is slower in functionally when it comes to inheriting what the spirit has. Because God designed it that way. The soul is slower than the spirit, but it's still faster than the natural. Although, that is why, that is actually why you can live in the natural. If you go at the same rate, as the natural, you won't be able to function. Hmm? You won't be able to what? How you express means you must have received a lot of instruction. Something that would give strength must have come for you to express it. So if you're in the natural, it is you are very slow. It's like putting brake to a fast-moving bullet. Eh? You want to stop a fast-moving bullet on the natural. You know how, it, how, how would that work? Now imagine you subject a bullet moving to the speed of, say a fast-moving bullet, subject it to the speed of an ant. Just imagine that. An ant is even faster. I'm looking for what is fast, but the only thing I can think of now is an ant. Eh? It's near, it's near. <laughs> Wait, is it slow? Slow is even worse. Imagine you are trying to reduce a fast-moving bullet to 
the speed of a slot, do you know how much break or how much restriction we have to put on that bullet to come to that? Do you know what will happen to that bullet? The more, if the bullet is trying to move at that speed and you are putting a restriction to it, after a while you notice that the bullet will wear off. Hmm? Because you are trying to stop it at an instant. You are not trying to slow it gradually. You are trying to stop it at an instant. What you notice that, and don't look at the natural physics, so this is the spiritual physics. Because eh? the natural physics, what happens is, if you want to stop it, you just put a, a reinforced, a reinforced uh, uh, let's say steel or concrete. Eh? When you shoot, what happens is, it will bounce off, and then you, there will be a, a dent in the bullet. Hmm? That one is okay to explain the natural, but in the spirit, look at it this way. You are trying, you see that instant stop? See that it's not instant. Gradual, but instant. <laughs> Does that make sense? Hmm? Huh? Uh-huh. You see how you do friction when you move your leg. Eh? When you when you are moving it slowly, or you are trying to you are applying your friction to your leg and you're moving on the floor, you notice you generate heat. So if a bullet metal, let's say metal on metal, and as it is trying to stop, you'll be wearing off. That's where our tires, your car tires, that, the reason why it wear off is because each time it's dry, you are driving on the road, there's a friction eh, that is taking place on the surface of the tire that begins to wear off the tread. Now, apply that physics instantly in the spirit. And I, I, in the, if you try to apply it in the natural, it won't work. Because in the natural, you hit it, you stop, it goes. Although you try to explain it, it means you can still try and practically do it too. But it will be hard. Eh? You want to make sure the bullet is moving at the same speed as the drag. Eh? But to make it instant will be the problem. For that one in the natural, you have to wait. But that one is possible in the spirit. So that's how Satan, that's actually how Satan deals with men to kill them. Because it will subject the soul to the natural. Right? So that is the huge difference between a believer and unbeliever. Eh? And then we're not x-raying the spirit, soul, and body. So the body is slow enough to express the thing that the spirit has calculated. So if, if you don't have this slow body, you can't express what is in your soul. Mm-hmm. So the soul is fast, but not, as, but not as quick as the spirit. So it now needs to be quickened by the spirit. And what God planted there is that the soul learns. Okay, well, that thing you are giving me. Now, the moment the soul learns something, forget it. It's as if you let it in an instant. But before he learns it, it will take time. What are you giving me? Okay. Ah. Okay, should I? What you are giving the soul must also be attractive. If not, the soul won't be able to take it. If it's not attractive, it won't take it. Because attract, attraction in the spirit is called pleasure. Hmm? Delight. That's what it is. That is why your delight must be in the law too. 
Eh? So when the soul sees it, he sees delight. Okay, okay, I, I can find delight there. If, he, if the soul can't find delight inside, they won't take it. They won't. So Satan had to design something delightful, something pleasurable that the soul can take. Because if without that, he won't use it. So that's how Satan is deceiving the soul. It's a deception that is planting in the soul so that the soul can live a false life. And live that life on the point where it, where it dies totally and you can't redeem that soul. Amen. So that is just the difference. So a, a believer is where a newborn babe today that was a thief that killed five men. Eh? If you get born again, that doesn't mean that you may not face the law consequences. And when the law catches up, you know. But there's one thing is sure. It won't be in the same place as an unbeliever that died without knowing Christ. They can't, they can't, they can't be in the same place. Amen. So that, that's what happened. And therefore, you now notice that there's now more, there is that, there's, the, the moment you get born again, there's not that, the tendency now increases to now be able to save the soul. But without that, you have no, no, it is highly, um, it is highly impossible eh, to do that without being born again. You can't save a soul because it's actually part of the process. To be saved, you need to be born again. Then you continue your salvation journey. Amen. Uh, let me quickly go back to what I was saying. Uh, so we see clearly that the, the conscience of an unbeliever is different from the conscience of a believer. Uh, in that regard, the conscience, my conscience, people answer to conscience. And mostly what happens is when you are not, when you don't have God's life, it's a lot easier to snare your conscience. Right? That is why it is easy for an unbeliever, uh, even though they might have conscience and intention to do good, but they won't have the strength to execute it because they don't have enough strength to answer to their conscience. So when the conscience is talking, keep short. Some are like, ah, maybe I should not. But they, won't really have, they may not really have enough strength to obey the voice of their conscience. Amen. Conscience is the voice around the heart. Hmm? It's the voice around the heart. And that's what most men, unbelievers, live by. Eh? And that conscience in itself, you know conscience... Your conscience gets purified over time as you come into the knowledge of truth. Hmm? Eh? You know notice that everything you are learning is not being affected by your conscience. Hmm? Or let me put it, your conscience is mostly the last voice you hear. And when only goes talk to you, you know here. God spoke to you, you know, he, Holy Ghost talked to you, you know, here. Holy Ghost will instruct your conscience. Now, if you want to now finally disobey, uh -huh, you now snare that conscience. Right? You, you have to snare the conscience to actually fully. Okay, okay. You know, there's some disobedience that is just as, as a result of weakness. There's a, there's a weakness, right? But it's still because that the conscience haven't there's not enough strength to answer to the conscience, right? Amen. 
So let me quickly continue because I know how I got here. It's just, you know, talking about the difference between born again, right? So the born again at that time have a conscience that they may even easily snare. They, don't, they can't answer to. But then the moment you are born again, there's a difference. They now begin to journey. Then that time, wisdom begins to teach you again. You begin to learn a different wisdom. Now you now begin to deal with Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit begins to instruct you. That's now when I began to experience uh, the, new, the new birth experience where you begin to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You need to begin to now learn the voice, learn how to work with the voice. And as you are growing and growing and growing, you, there's some wisdom you can have at that time. But that wisdom is not really the knowledge of God. There's a difference. It's a wisdom for life. It's, it's your conscience. Let me put it that way. You're answering to your conscience in a way. God is beginning to talk to you. Your conscience is becoming alive, like I said. You know, when you are not born again, the conscience can be snared, killed, eh? dead. So the little life inside that conscience is the one gotten from Adam. But when you move into being born again, you are a new creature. Then th- a new thing begins to happen to you. Then I begin to give more strength to your conscience by the things. See, that lit- the strength you receive being born again is not small. Hmm? It's not small. So we should not disdain or overlook that experience. No, it's not small. Because that experience is what begins to determine how you turn out finally in the end. Hmm? So then, when you get born again, you now begin to learn Holy Ghost. begin to teach you. But you are, you are still learning wisdom in a way. But it's, that wisdom, check it, is mostly, it's not fully in the knowledge of God. And I'm saying this because there's a difference. If you look, opens Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Let me read it, please. Mm-hmm. The Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and, and revelation. Wisdom in the knowledge of you see, it will give him the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. At this point, Paul was praying for the Ephesian church. He said, After I have seen your love and faith toward the saints, uh-huh, and I began to pray for you. Mm-hmm. Hmm? That the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Well, the first thing he mentioned is the spirit of wisdom. Right? Like I said earlier, without wisdom, you can't have entrance into God's things. Amen. Why? Because you won't be able to gather. You know, God's things are plenty. They are called all things. Hey. All things are not small things, so God's things are plenty. They are what? They are plenty. So it is out of that abundance, it is wisdom that begins to now bring out for you so that you can partake of them. So wisdom gathers, it gathers things for you. Amen. Amen. 
So you need to, that's where we need to see the entrance for wisdom. Amen. Praise the Lord. Any questions so far? No question? Mm. Ah, time has gone. Time has gone. Praise the Lord. Amen. Mm. Wisdom is the entrance. Praise God. So wisdom is the what? The entrance. Like I said, wisdom is what will determine your life. The spirit of wisdom is a person of the Holy Ghost. Hmm? That Holy Ghost begins to open up to you as you begin to move towards the entrance of learning God's life. Like I said, if you read further, he said, in the knowledge of him. Right? Because what we are learning, when we get born again, initially, is not immediately the knowledge of him. Amen. It's not in the knowledge of him we start with. But as we grow, then we move into the knowledge of him. And that one is by mercy. God has to grant us mercy to get there. Amen. Amen. And then you now begin to interact with the spirit of wisdom. Then you, now, you are now, that is the, that's actually hey, the, the exposure to the anointing. Hmm? That's what the exposure to the anointing. It doesn't mean that you don't uh, you don't come into measures of the anointing when you get born again. Why? There's a there's a measure of the anointing you have. When I say you have, when you are born again. So, for example, when you are born again, you can have access to Holy Ghost, right? Having access to the Holy Ghost is actually by anointing. Because Holy Ghost Himself is actually this, is the is is the Spirit of God. It's actually the anointing of God, right? Like I said, when the in the Old Testament, when they want to anoint, when they want to uh, set up a priest or a king in their office, I mentioned that Holy Holy Ghost is given to enable them in their offices, right? Holy Ghost is given to the priest office to enable them as a priest or kings. Right? Or prophets. You now notice that when they want to anoint a priest for Holy Ghost to come upon the actual, sorry, when they want to give the expose the Holy Ghost to the measure of the anointing to the to, to, to the Holy Ghost, they have to anoint them. Right? So having access to Holy Ghost is actually a measure of the anointing. So when you come into Holy Ghost, you are receiving the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So Holy Ghost will now begin to train you in his anointing. And then, when Holy Ghost wants to open you up to a higher anointing, then he opens you up to the knowledge of him. That one comes with another, because that one is a, a step higher. Right? So that means if you have to go higher, you have to go step up in the anointing too. Right? And then you now notice that everything that is happening around you is not just play. Is when you are dealing with spiritual things, you're actually dealing with anointing. 
when you have this spiritual experience around you, what you are moving in is the anointing. Hmm? Is the anointing. You notice in some ways, when you've, when you've trained yourself in the spirit in some way, you notice that anointing flow naturally in some areas because you have grace there. Hmm? Ah, you notice that ah, this, this is just flowing. It's easy for me. Right? In the spirit. Hmm? You are speaking in tongue. You think it's easy for others. Hmm? As we, but as we grow in anointing, you notice that grace increases. When you hear grace, yeah, you, when you hear grace mostly, grace mostly comes with anointing. Yeah? It comes with what? Anointing. So as we are growing, we come into different anointing levels. Oh, for the Lord, we thank you. Amen. Uh, are we blessed this morning? Hmm? Um, is it clear? Is he understood? Hmm? Did I did I lost you in any way? Anywhere? No? We're good? Okay. Praise the Lord. So, when it comes to dividing the word of truth, you can now see that you must have been moving with the anointing. Now, because you cannot learn truth without the anointing. Hmm? And you cannot learn truth without wisdom. Yes, sir. So you can see the connection there. So wisdom is also an anointing. When you begin to move with wisdom, you sense an anointing. Now it's anointing to move in the world. Most, most of the time, when the anointing is coming, when you want to teach you the knowledge of him, it's in the, in the place of the world it begins to come to you. Revelation begins to come. Light begins to come. It exposes you to light. Hmm? When, when you are exposed to light, you are learning the wisdom in the light, I've been saying, right? Because each light that we see, actually, there's a wisdom that is holding that light. There is the wisdom of the sun and the moon. Eh? There is now a different wisdom of the seven golden candlestick that is inside the holy place in the tabernacle. And then there's now a different wisdom of the light of the most holy place, which is the glory of God. The light in the most holy place is the glory of God. Eh? I know we've not talked about the tabernacle, but maybe this is what will actually move us there to just explain it a bit. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So God will help us to learn wisdom. Eh? God would help us to what? To learn wisdom and apply our heart to wisdom. Now that's, it's, it's, it's everywhere in scriptures. I want us to Amen. The book of Psalms. Mm. God is helping me. We might not read it now. Maybe some other time. But it's everywhere. It's all everywhere. There are there are footmaps in the in the scripture that talks about wisdom. Mm. Okay, maybe that's where I'll start next time. And praise the Lord. So we see that in order to 
move eh, into rightly. We say rightly dividing the world, Abby. You can't really divide the world except you know truth. Because you're dividing the word of truth. So you need to, truth needs to teach you before you can actually start dividing its word. But you can't know that except you've learned with truth. And how you learn truth is wisdom begins to teach you truth. You have access into wisdom, which gives you access into truth. Right? So wisdom gives you access, like I said. And I'm, all these things, I hope we are connecting it. And wisdom gathers. Is the wisdom, wisdom is the wisdom for life. Wisdom, when you talk about wisdom, you talk about life. Because it's one that will build life inside you. It's, one, it's the one that will culture life inside you because it will begin to give you instructions that you believe in. And now, whether instruction is coming from us to be truth. Amen. And then, wisdom opens the door, enlightens your eyes, and then you move into learning the knowledge of him. Amen. And then we'll, next time we we'll begin to learn more about the the uh, the word, the entrance. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Does anybody have any question? No question? I'm waiting for the day that people will be asking questions. So that means everything is understood and clear. begin to have access into the knowledge of him, what you begin to learn is truth. Amen. So when you say rightly, let's not say rightly dividing the word of truth, it's not just dividing Bible, what that is saying. It's actually dividing someone's word. And what that means is you are able to Place his word and get wisdom out of it. Hmm? And how to divide the word is a skill that is being taught by the spirit of wisdom, um, which happens, and I'm, I'm going to answer that truth one, we are continuing there, which can be answered by wisdom, right? And you now, it now connects to Second Corinthians chapter 2, I believe. We'll get there. I was hoping we'll read that. Maybe it's one of the scriptures we'll also read. But let me quickly read it. Just to explain truth. Hmm? Second Corinthians chapter two, verse thirteen. Said 
Ah, let me read from verse 12. So now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is... Is it first? Oh, sorry. Hang a second. Sorry, 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 sorry. First Corinthians chapter 2. Verse, 13, verse 12. I said, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things we also speak. So there are things what? Freely given to us of God. So we have, now we've, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, hmm? that we might know the things that are really given to us. So there are things really given to you. So note that one. Things, right? Which things also we speak. So those things freely given is what they are speaking. Not in the words which man's wisdom teach. Right? So to bring out things, right? It's by wisdom. Like I'm saying earlier. So this one is not wisdom that man's Wisdom, teach. Man's wisdom can't get there. But which the Holy Ghost teach it, which means it is a spiritual wisdom. Now, comparing what? Spiritual things with spiritual. When you begin to compare spiritual things with spiritual, what is actually happening to you at that time is that you've moved into revelation. And what this thing is doing to you is now is it begins to teach you truth. That truth that it is teaching you is called him. In what we read in Ephesians chapter 1, verse, that, uh, verse 17, that says that uh, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of God, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So when you are learning the knowledge of him, what you are learning is truth. Right. Because when you are beginning to experience that, hmm? when you are beginning to experience the entrance that Holy Ghost begin to give, it begins to teach you truth, right? When you are, when I said it's someone's word, right? I'm dividing the word of truth. It's someone's word. It's God's truth's word. It's God's word, but they call it truth, isn't it? And now, when Christ now said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life," so when Christ said, "I am the way, the truth," He's not saying. I will teach you truth. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. When you are learning truth, what it means is you are learning Christ. I am the life. Which means, inside Christ, you will learn those things. You will learn the way. Because when you find the way, then you come to truth. But you can't find the which I am the way. When Each time you are learning the way, like the song we were singing earlier, teaching us the way we must go. I am the way. Which way to where? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh to the Father but by me. But, it didn't say through me. But what? By me. Hey. That one is okay. there's a, there's a, there's a, There are things you can get through Christ. But it's not the same thing as by Christ. Does that make sense? Hmm? I know it's English. You can get things through Christ, but it doesn't mean you can get Christ. 
So when you are, if you want to get Christ, you now need to begin to learn truth. So when you are learning truth, the way must open to you. Because you can't find truth unless what? The way opens up to you. And then when the way opens up, and all these things is inside, all these are Christ dimension. When we begin to learn way, when you begin to learn way, you begin to find wisdom, which opens up the realm of Christ. Like I was saying earlier, that you can't get to Christ. The entrance is to Christ. The first thing you need is wisdom. As, are we connecting it? I connected Corinthians to say there's a wisdom Holy Ghost teach, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The things that is freely given of God. Those things that are freely given of God are truths. So when you are learning God, what you begin to learn is truth. And that is the, is the person of Christ. So when you are saying rightly dividing the word of truth, what they are really saying is you are dividing Christ's word. Which means you have wisdom to tell Christ's mind. So for example now, if you want to teach, or you want to, maybe when you, anybody wants to preach to sermon, if you can't access truth, there's going to be a problem. Why? See this thing we are teaching is called truth. It may sound as you are learning wisdom, but you are actually learning truth. Because as you are learning, you notice it will lead you into a place where you begin to find the right thing. Ha! Wisdom. You get wisdom. Wisdom begins to teach you about Christ. Then you begin to learn your hope. Not a lot of things that are involved. There's a, there's a lot of things happening at the same time. Amen. So, you cannot tell that that truth it's not just something that, you know, we can come together, just open, oh, because everybody believes the word of God is true. So as long as you can quote John 3, 16, you've taught truth. Not really. Truth is a person. It's Christ. So rightly dividing the word. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh to the Father but by me. What that means is you can't get God except you begin to learn truth. And you begin to, you, you are now begin to live the life. So I am the way, the truth, and the life. All these things I'm explaining are processes. And sometimes it takes time to get there. To get to where you begin to inherit. But what is happening is, each time revelation comes to you, way, truth, life comes. Why? Because the moment revelation comes, truth comes to you to teach you a life. So when you say truth, it, see, that truth thing is when you are learning Christ. What is what Christ is learning the person of Christ. You'll be surprised. Learning meekness is just is also learning truth. Yes, sir. Learning, learning how not to strive mm-hmm. is also learning truth. Because when you are learning how to, there's there's a wisdom on how to teach you not to strive. Yes, sir. You know there's a way you can try not to strive. But the moment you get a wisdom on how not to strive again, mm. problem is solved. solved. Yes, sir. Isn't it? Yes, sir. That's the same way. Mm. So when you learn, you are learning, you are learning truth. Learning truth is a spiritual experience entirely. It's different, it's different from all that we've been doing. Yeah, come everybody, let's read the book of John today. Mm. It's not by that. Oh. Truth comes by revelation. Because it's something you don't know. It's truth. When you're saying truth, you're also talking about what we're saying. When we're talking about goodness, none is good. We don't know what goodness is. Eh? Truth 
is something that is far-fetched from men. It's not, you know the way, you know the way you can easily say, oh, who took that phone? Ah, I'm the one I, I took it. You've, you've said the truth, Abby. That's, the, that's not truth. Yeah. Eh? You were honest. You, you, God helped your conscience. You were honest. You, say, you didn't lie. You, see that lie, truth. Honestly, it's beyond just, we're, in the natural, we're just living it and expressing it based on understanding that has come here. Lie and truth are actually, actually two distinct life in the spirit. Yes, sir. So when you say someone lie, you are just, experience, you are just expressing a kind of life. Yes. Now, when you confess that you took the thing, you expressed a life. Eh? That, that life is the life of truth. But what you did, you told the truth, but that itself is not truth. Am I clear? Is it confusing? Please let me know if it's not clear. Now, I'll continue further. That truth there is Christ. And that's, you know, thank God you asked the question. It's still part of what we're going to learn, right? In the knowledge of him means you are learning truth. Now, I'll now move to, okay, let me say this point before I move there. Like I was saying earlier, that means everything that the apostles were teaching. See, this scripture is not truth, but it's true. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The word of God is true. It's true. Eh? Righteous and true. But this you are reading is not truth. Truth is a person. You get access to the person of truth by the scriptures. That is why you need to study to show thyself approved of God. Eh? So that you can what? rightly divide the word of truth. When, you, when you've come to the point where you're rightly dividing it, something has been added to you. You're not the same person. There's, there's, there's a quickening between study to show yourself approved of God. A weapon that needed to be ashamed, rightly dividing. A lot of things that happened in those. That scripture, yeah. a lot of things has happened in there. By the time you've gone to the point where you're rightly dividing, stature has been built inside you. Like I said, if you don't learn truth, you can't divide the word of truth. That is why something needs to teach you truth. And, and that's why wisdom comes to open up, to come into something that begins to teach you truth. So, everything that the apostles, everything they were writing is to give you access into truth. Open first John chapter one. So that which was from the beginning, first one, which we have heard, see, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon. And our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen, and had declared we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Now, See this thing that said that which we have, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, 
which we have seen in our eyes, which we have looked upon, and as have found of the word of life. See, that which we have heard is truth. What they heard is truth. Amen. Now, I will quickly move to verse chapter 2. Now, you now begin to talk about the anointing. Then the anointing begins to teach. Let's move to verse uh, 20. So where should I start from? Uh, uh, let me read from 24. Say, so let that every, let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. Eh? You see that which we have heard from the beginning, I'm connecting the two. Mm? So that there's no disconnect there. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. Did you notice? You shall also continue in the Son and in the Father. And you notice in verse, in chapter 1, it said that we have written unto you that you have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. So which means what they have been talking about, that they should abide in, is truth. So let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning, shall remain in you, also shall continue, I'm quickly reading, ye shall also continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he had promised us, even eternal life. That these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Say, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it had taught you, ye shall abide. In him. Eh? You shall what? Abide. How you abide is you continue in the truth. When they say you continue that which we have heard, that which I have written unto you, all they are saying is everything they are writing is they are trying to give you access into truth. And that says the anointing will teach you. So the anointing eh, is the teacher. Hmm? So the anointing is the teacher. And that's why I was talking about the anointing earlier. So when you begin to experience the spirit of wisdom around you, you that, that, that's actually an operation of the anointing. Mm. Mm? So you see, the person that they are talking about here is the person of the Holy Ghost. So, but the anointing which you have received of him, see that anointing you have received is not the, the anointing that just comes upon you. Eh? The anointing that you have received of him which means they took part of him and gave to you. And remember, in John, he said, I'll send you another comforter. Right? And that comforter is the anointing, Holy Ghost. So this one that they are talking about, they are talking about the person of the Holy Ghost. And like I said, if the person of the Holy Ghost is the one that will teach you truth, then Holy Ghost needs to expose you to a part of him that can teach you truth. To learn truth is a different experience, right? You can be under anointing, you can be a healer, lay hands. You know, Holy Ghost will come upon you and you do things. It's different from when Holy Ghost is in you, quickening you. So there's the anointing upon, there's the anointing within. This one is the anointing within, inwardly. It begins, this one deals with the inward nature. So everything has to do with your inward nature, 
the anointing has to deal, is, this inward anointing deals with that. So if you don't know the Holy Ghost in this dimension, you may have him, but you won't know him. It's still Holy Ghost, but it's a more full-fledged Holy Ghost compared to the Holy Ghost you learn when you initially get born again. Hmm? You know when you get born again, and Holy Ghost, you receive the gift of, uh, you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, and you receive the Holy Ghost, and you begin to speak in tongue. That one eh, prepares you for this. So that the anointing abide in you, so, so the anointing which ye have received of him, abided, so you received of him, which is the Holy Ghost. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing, which means the Holy Ghost will begin to teach you, of all things, and is truth. So they are telling you that the anointing is truth. They are te- what they are telling you is Holy Ghost is truth. At this point, what they are trying to tell you is this. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, that means Holy Ghost is beginning to show you a path that is Christ. You know Holy Ghost, Jesus and God, they are God. Yes. Different expressions. It's the same person. Yeah? It's the same person, but different expression. But the expression can morph. You receive Holy Ghost. Now, I want to now begin to teach you truth. I want you to, I want to make you know, I want to make you know him. Then, you begin to expose the aspect of truth to you. Then, he begins to reveal himself as truth. Then, different oppression begins to quicken around you. And you may be showering in the, and then suddenly, word, pa, understanding, will, ah, this, when understanding quicken, oh my, revelation is coming. What they are doing is they are, they are triggering, they are quickening something inside you triggering light to expose you to the operation of truth. That's how you learn truth. Without that operation of the anointing, you can't move into learning truth. Then that way we now begin to culture your nature. And then you know, ah. See, when someone has learned truth, it's not that you know things. It means, ha, this is your heart, your soul, spirit, somebody aligns spiritually. Now, this is the right thing to do. And that's how you know, and that is how you actually learn righteousness. Righteousness is truth. So when you say rightly dividing the word of truth, it means you are dividing someone's word. It means you are dividing the word of Christ. It's Christ you are really, 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 really learning. So truth is Christ. It's Christ. It just is a Christ we don't know that they need to begin to open up to us. And most of the time when they are talking about truth in the scripture, they are referring to Christ. So this truth are things freely given. Christ is given to you. Eh? Don't you have Christ? You are born again. Everybody have access. So these truths are freely given. But you can't accept that truth except you access wisdom. Eh? Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Amen. Did, was I able to answer that question? Is it clear? Okay. I didn't confuse. Okay. I'm always watching now, so I don't confuse. You know, sometimes when we are talking, and we can say many things, and then we're like, how oh, that? What's that? What's wrong with that? Hmm? We are also trying to be perfect so that we can align things. You know, it's not easy to teach. Is it? You are laughing. <laughs> Is it easy? 
Eh? Me too, I'm, as I'm talking, I'm waiting for help. Let help come. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. God is helping us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm. All right. Let's just begin to thank God for today. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you all the praise. And will be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for your help. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father. Mastenendo, Mastenenda. Ebra baba baba barostia. Ebu sete ebu shata. Abra baba baba baboshatia. Ebra de 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 doshtima. Brenta 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 brenta. Father, we thank you. Masete braga daga 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 doshte. He prepepene zenti, he prapapapala zenti, he bragada baragaroshtia. Vensu, 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 beragata. He branamazeir, avrabababababoshta. Father, we thank you. 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 No mazerga, he bravaya. He prapapapapapalezata. He prapapapapapalezenei. Ebra baba baba bale kazenta ya rima zeka ya bata lebra bata lebra vetia emprazeya 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 emala mala mala nosti emagazata gaza gaza gazei epra papa 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 lepra epra papa papa palepa epra papa papa baba lepa emprazeya emprazoya E praia bata, e praia bostia, e praia zenta, e bagada gata 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 losti, e pra papa papa leza, e pra baba baba babosti, e mazente, e mazente, e mazente. Thank you, Father. Me sante de bosta. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We thank you for your word today. This morning, this afternoon, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your mercy, which has visited us again. We thank you for, the, for your word of wisdom, which is coming to us that we might learn more of you and know you. But I will say be thou exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Our Heavenly Father, we pray this day that your grace and your mercy will be made available to begin to learn wisdom for life in you in the name of Jesus. Father, as you have taught us that we ought to apply our heart to wisdom, we ask, Lord, that the grace to begin to learn the wisdom by your spirit, you begin to uh, give us access into these things in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for access. Father, we pray for access. We ask, Lord, that 
you will grant blessings to move into learning things that is pertaining to truth, pertaining to you in the name of Jesus. For the ability to access truth, for you begin to give to each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. We ask for the blessing of your spirit, abundant spirit. We ask for an increase in your spirit, even to quicken us in ways that will begin to experientially move into these things that you are teaching. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, none of these things will be made possible without your spirit. So we ask, Lord, that you grant us access, bless us more with measures of your spirit. In the name of Jesus. And we pray for each and every heart. Lord, that as we've learned today from your word, that the grace to apply them to our heart, to inherit them, that they, move, that they will move into us fully, that you give to us in the name of Jesus. Let us move. Let us learn. Let us yield. Let us align in the spirit with all the things that you are teaching. Thank you, Father. We ask, Lord, for mercy. More mercy. Without mercy, we can't come into any of your blessings. As you've said in your word, that we might come boldly before the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy. And he said, it is not of him that willeth of him that runneth, but it is you, you that showeth mercy. Father, we ask, Lord, in our journey, in our race, that we will find mercy, abundant mercy, for to continue in the name of Jesus. As the word said, that your mercies are new every morning. We ask, Lord, that we begin to experience the newness of your mercy in all things around us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you have answered our prayer. For in Jesus' mighty name we are praying. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.